1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: Final hour of the show. Sean Bell, sports machine, Sean Levine, and you along for the ride. If college football is your cup of tea, you got some bowl games coming up today. Dude, the names in some of these bowl games are just too funny. I get it. They're sponsors. That's how it works. But can you imagine being one of the players and you get to play in the Rose Bowl? They're like, wait, sorry. What'd you say? You say it a little louder. You're like, the Rose Bowl. That sounds sick. Or the Fiesta Bowl, or the Orange Bowl. These dudes today, Minnesota and Bowling Green, Minnesota's a three and a half point favorite in the Quick Lane Bowl. The Quick Lane Bowl. And then after that, coming up tonight, we've got. Texas state versus rice. Can't wait for that one in the first responder bowl. And I love me a good first responder, but they've got a bowl. And then after that, you've got the minute bowl. And then I was just making sure you were listening. And then you've got the guaranteed (laughs) rate bowl tonight. KU rock, chalk, Jayhawk, big, heavy, 13 and a half point favorites versus UNLV. We'll get there coming up in just a little while, but first, I'm going to take you into a dark and twisted place. Let's step inside the mind Uh of the machine. Who knows where we're going? Let's start in the movie theater, huh? where I saw the new Wonka movie. Have you seen the new Wonka movie?
1: Of course not. Okay. Have you seen the original Wonka movie? Why why would you see the new Wonka movie? I've seen the original.
0: My niece and nephew wanted to see it, so I have a good reason. It wasn't terrible. Okay. I was just making sure you've seen the original. Dude, that thing should be rated R. Tell me I'm wrong. That is a violent movie think about the scene where they're on the boat and then the other day when i was watching the new wonka movie i was thinking to myself whatever happened to those kids like did they resurface whatever happened to the fat kid that fell into the uh i'm sorry you can't say that the heavier fella that fell into the chocolate pond what happened to the girl that was the bad egg they're just done right like that's a very violent movie
1: I, you know, I gotta. I haven't watched it in so long. I don't remember it being violent. Let me give you advice. As a friend,
0: don't. Remember it like <laughs> you remember it when you were a kid. Because sometimes you rewatch a movie as an adult and you think to myself, I was a dumb kid. Why did I like that movie? And with Willy Wonka, I don't think the original necessarily ages well if you're an adult. The next generation of kids loves it. But I think kind of like me... They're a little bit naive, so anyway. Like, same thing. Have you seen Rookie of the Year as an adult? No. Don't. That's what I'm saying. Don't. Just remember (laughs) it like you did, and then you'll be happy for the advice and text me next time you don't do that. Um, All right. The Dodgers gave Shohei Otani $700 million over 10 years. I would say to make it worth the money, they have to win at minimum three World Series. If they just win a couple, and here's my argument, you could be like, "Well, what do you mean? Two World Series over a ten-year span is really good." They're the Dodgers, wouldn't they have pretty much done that anyway? So I'm saying they have to win three. Now that I think about it, if not four, to make that worth the money, seven hundred million bucks, dude.
1: Nah, I'm not gonna go for. I, honestly, they, they probably can win one or two, and it's worth technically the money. If if they're giving him seven hundred million, how much do you think they're making on the back end? If we're talking about just organizational standpoint, they're making billions of billions of dollars. So if he wins one or two, they're going to get their money back in 10 times over that. So for the Dodgers organization, it's, you know, it's whatever. They don't have to win that many championships. On top of the fact that he's going to set records, he's going to set records likely uh, playing for them. So that's going to be even more money in their their, uh, bank account.
0: Yeah, it's all good for next year and the year after that and probably the next four or five years. And he's hitting home runs. He's striking guys out. And then he's 35 years old. Then he's 36 years old. And then you're like, "Uh uh-oh. We still have a few years left on this contract. You know what this is called? This is called the Albert Pujols at the end of his Angels contract. This is called the... Miguel Cabrera at the end of his Tigers contract, where at the beginning of these long-term deals, it's like, oh, we're going to get this great deal. And maybe what you're arguing is correct, and you're still getting the value out of it, even if the last few years aren't worth it. But, dude, when he's 37 years old, and at that point, you're like, wow. We're paying this guy $70 million to go out there and do this. I mean, Albert Pujols is making $45 million a year, or something like that, and he was hitting 215 and driving in 35 RBI, and the Angels keep had to put his ass out there because they were paying him so much money. So maybe right now it looks like a good deal. Let's revisit this like six or seven years from now and see the wear and tear on Shohei Otani because it feels like to me 38-year-old Otani doesn't look quite as good as
1: this guy. Oh, you're 100% right. From a fan perspective, it ain't worth it. But from an organizational, pure money perspective, they're going to make that money back in like three years.
0: We were talking earlier, my friend, about Jalen Brunson, and I said he's one of the best point guards in the NBA. I called him a top 10 player, and you kind of scoffed at that. You said, no, he's not. So if he's not like one of the three best point guards in the NBA, who's better than that dude right now? And on top of that, can we at least admit that the Mavericks screwed this thing up? I mean, the Mavericks should have opened the Brinks truck for Jalen Brunson, paid him whatever he wanted, gave him as many years as he wanted, and paired him up with Luka Doncic because I know you're in Philly. I know Boston's got a great duo. I know there's a lot of them right now in the NBA. There would not have been a better duo. And I'm talking about better than Lillard and Giannis. There would not have been a better duo in the NBA this year, the way that both those guys are playing, if Luka and Jalen Brunson
1: were on the same team. But I don't think it would have ever worked. I think they're both too ball dominant. Like it they're, they're, they they worked both, a couple of years ago. Yeah, but Jalen Brunson wasn't this. And even a couple of years ago, they didn't come they did it's not like they went to the conference finals. Like those two individuals, for Jalen to be who he went well, for Jalen to be who he is now, he had to get under he had to get away from Luca. Like the, both of those individuals damn near cancel each other out because they want the ball so much. So I, I don't think it would have worked with two guards who just always want the rock.
0: That's a fair point. But then you can look in the past at other teams, they're guard heavy. You can look at teams that it's like, well, too many cooks in the kitchen. Golden State, they had a bunch of shooters, they always got theirs. Hell, the crossover sports. I remember we used to talk about that here in Kansas City. It was like, well, what about Tyree Kill? What about Travis Kelsey? Sammy Watkins, everybody ate. So I think they could make it work, but it doesn't matter. It's never going to happen. Oh, Robert Sala has been given the gift this offseason of returning for his job next year. Was that the right move? He's going to get a shot with Aaron Rodgers now as his quarterback.
1: Uh, they, have no, they have no other option. I mean, it was, what does Aaron, they've given too many chips to Aaron Rodgers. So it was, Aaron, what do you want? All right, you you want Robert to be back? You you want Daniel? You want Hackett? Okay, right. So for Robert, it's like yo dog, I didn't have my quarterback all year long, so he had a built-in excuse not to get fired. So you know they're just gonna run it back, give Aaron whatever he wants, and then see if it works out. Then so and again, I like Robert Salah. so I, I just think the organization put too many eggs in Aaron Rodgers' basket.
0: Can't you hold it against Robert Sala, though, for not switching the quarterback quick enough, for having too much blind faith in Zach Wilson? I get it. You spent a lot of capital on him just a couple of years ago with the number two overall draft pick. But also, at some point, you got to put the best guy out there to give your chance, team a chance to win games. And he was not that. And he just kept putting him out there week after week, burying basically any chance I think the Jets actually had at getting to the playoffs, which brings me to our next guy. Same thing. I think that Bill Belichick kept putting Mac Jones out there way too long. You've seen the last couple of weeks. He switched over to Bailey Zappi. It's like, yeah, you probably should have done that a while ago. Is Bill Belichick the coach in New England next year?
1: I've already said no. I think they've already agreed to that. I think there were reports saying they agreed to that. Um, Again, I mean, he took Mac Jones out for Bailey Zappi. Then Zappi sucked. So then he put Mac Jones back in. and Then Mac sucked. Then he put Zappi. They both sucked, so he didn't have many options. That's the same thing that happened. (laughs) in New York. You know what I mean? It's like Zach was bitched and then he was put back in, then he was bitched. Um, again, I think the Chargers are going to look at uh, for Bill Belichick. I think that's one big place to look at. And I think a couple places may open up, but I think Bill Belichick is only going to leave uh, for a great situation, which I think is going to be the Chargers. I think the Chargers either get Belichick or Jim Harbaugh. So we'll see who goes there. But I think their first option is probably going to be Bill Belichick. The Chargers makes
0: all the sense in the world, right? Like, get out of the cold, go to Los Angeles, go to a place that already has a quarterback and Justin Herbert. The only problem with that, and I would say that for any coach, Antonio Pierce, if he ends up getting the Raiders' job, Sean Payton taking the Broncos' job, you know what the problem is, or at least has been? Patrick Mahomes. You gotta play that guy twice a year. They've won the division each of the last eight years. Let's just call it what it is. They're probably gonna end up winning in a game, which is nine. So that's the only problem with taking that Chargers job, unless you truly believe, Sean, that we're seeing the beginning of the demise of Patrick Mahomes. Taking a job in that division is just asking to be a wild card team.
1: Yeah, I mean it it, it could be that, but again, out of the other options, what's the best option? Right? Like you not many places you're gonna go and say, Here's Justin Herbert. Here's here's Keeneland. Like you're not gonna there's not too many other places. He's not gonna go to Carolina. You see what I'm saying? So it's it's I know you don't want to play in the Chiefs division, but it's certainly better than what else is out there right now.
0: He's also 73 years old. Maybe you just hang up the whistle and move to Montana like Phil Jackson and say, That's it. I'm one of the greatest of all time. Now maybe he goes out thinking, I need to prove that I still am that guy because last I would say two, three years, as bad as New England has been, especially this year, we're seeing clearly the argument that we had for 20 years. Is it Brady? Is it Belichick? Or is it a combination of them?
1: It's like 90% Brady, 10% Belichick. Am I wrong? I, I Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. What Like, people who say that, it has to be both of those individuals. Like, who drafted Tom Brady? Who decided to start Tom Brady? Who developed Tom Brady? In the early points of Tom Brady's career, who was winning? The defense and field goals. They were winning Super Bowl 17 to 14. So you can't just all of a sudden say Bill Belichick didn't do anything. It was all Tom Brady. No, it was Belichick and Tom. It was both of those individuals being great. Like, I, Bill Belichick, I, I don't think he's getting enough respect out of this thing.
0: Do you hate it, though? Or do you hate it, hate it? Do you hate what I said? The thing is, though, about Bill Belichick, he's shown us he's had a chance. Now, granted, he hasn't drafted the right quarterback or gotten the right guy in there post-Tom Brady, and that's not an easy thing to do. But, Sean, it's not like his teams have been great. It's not like his teams have been good. It's not like his teams have really been bad the last couple of years. They've been terrible. They're going to end up with a top-five pick. So all I'm saying is if you're the greatest coach of all time, don't have a top five pick. Is that asking so much? Maybe it is. I'm thinking of Greg Popovich
1: now. They might end up with the number one pick. All right, I don't know. What every, every greatest coach of all time has had terrible seasons at the end of their careers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, every one of them had have, have bottomed out like this if you if you play long enough. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just what happens. It's impossible to be that great for that long. You know who
0: makes everybody look like a good coach? Luka Doncic. He's the seventh fastest player to 10,000 points. He dropped 50 last night. That's a Curtis Jackson, bro. He dropped 50 Mm -hmm. points last night. Uh, How good do you think he could be when it's all said and done? When we revisit this conversation 15 years from now, are we talking about Larry Bird? Are we talking about a top 10 all-time player?
1: No, I don't think he'll have any of the uh, team accolades. You can't win a championship the way he plays. You just can't. He's James Harden 2.0, right? Like, You can't win a championship that ball dominant. You don't play defense. Like we've seen this before. We've seen James Harden be the MVP doing this. And Luka Doncic is probably, I don't know, it's similar. And maybe he's a little bit better. But in, in his prime, he'll be better than James Harden. But still, it's not a winning formula. We've never seen that type of formula win where you would be that ball dominant, everything on you, and then you play no defense on top of that, unless you're talking about, LeBron being ball dominant, but then LeBron had Anthony Davis, a top 10 player next to him. That's the key.
0: Who do you get next to Luka Doncic? Because right now, it's kind of like when Dirk was asked to win a championship in Dallas. Go out there and basically do it on your own with a bunch of dudes. I agree. Probably can't do it, even though Luka, I'm sure, loves it because he gets to take any shots and do whatever he wants the entire time. But I'm with you. The way this team's assembled, they can't win a championship. I think they're only a piece away, though. Like you give that team the right point guard. I was telling you a few minutes ago they had the right point guard in Jalen Brunson. He wins championships. Do you don't you don't think you think Luca goes and doesn't win multiple
1: championships? You're crazy. No, there's because there's you talking about a point guard. Like another guard is not going to work with him. He's two ball dominant. Like two ball dominant guards have not ever won a championship together. I'm talking about ball dominant. Like, needs, I need the ball in my the hand The same way Mario seconds.
0: Chalmers was able to be the, the maestro of that Miami Heat team where he didn't really care to get his. That's what they need with Luka. Just get a dude that doesn't care that can get him the ball because right now what I'm saying is they're good. They're good. They might be like a four or five seed in the Western Conference, but I, I'm with you. I don't think that as they're assembled, they can win a championship. I would disagree though. I think when it's all said and done, I think we look back at Luca and go, that dude was how many times does a white guy come along? that can shoot three pointers and dribble a basketball. And we call him the next Larry bird. I think Luca has proven that he's at least the closest thing. He's got the best chance to be the closest thing to Larry bird. By the way, I just want to be entertained. Like if you're just bored at work and you don't want to actually work, pull up Larry bird assist highlights on YouTube. He might have been better at dropping dimes than he was at dropping buckets. He averaged over seven assists per game in his career. Larry Bird was that dude. All right, we'll talk a little bit more basketball on the other side. We'll get into some bowl games and the upcoming NFL schedule. A lot to talk about here on the BetQL Network. Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Happy holidays. We appreciate you checking us out here on BetQL Daily. Sean Bell, sports machine, Sean Levine, and you for a little while longer here. Talking a little bit of football. We'll get into the upcoming Week 17 NFL slate and give you all the lines for all the games. We got bowl games. It is bowl season coming up today. Bowling Green. You know my cousin was on the bowling team at Bowling Green? I'm making that up. I don't even know if they have a bowl. I don't even know if they have a bowling team. Um, Anyway, getting three and a half points against Minnesota. Texas State giving up three and a half against Rice. KU, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk. I do know something about them. Giving up 13 and a half right now against UNLV. First time in a long time UNLV's been in a bowl game. A couple of bowl games that I really like. Louisville giving up seven against USC. Here's my theory, Sean. I don't think you need okay. to dive too deep into these bowl games. I think you need to see a couple of things. Are the teams playing their starters, or is it a situation where like Florida State or a lot of these other teams where they've decided, screw it. We didn't make the bowl game we wanted to. We're just going to move on to the NFL with our best players. So you have to look at the roster. And then here's the other thing. How bad does the team want to win? Because sometimes these bowl games are the Super Bowl for these schools, and sometimes it's like, "Eh, we don't want to go there, but they're making us. So Louisville versus USC, you tell me. Which team is hungrier? Which team had preseason expectations? Which team had the Heisman Trophy winner? Which team plays in Southern California? And then you got Louisville who's like, wait, we got a chance to beat this team It doesn't give a damn? Louisville beats them by 40. They're laying seven. And I'm going to use the same rationale, Rutgers versus Miami. This is Miami, the U. They don't care about playing in some bowl game nobody's watching in the middle of the day. Rutgers, this is it for them. This is huge. Greg Sciano and the team is back. They get one point. I'll take it. So those are just a few of the bowl games that I've got my eye on. Anything that you like in bowl season, the second here, we will talk about the playoff. Obviously, that's Alabama, Michigan, and Texas, and Washington.
1: Now, I was going to say, I'm from the Rutgers area. That game is basically a pick 'em, Uh <laughs> But Rutgers is the team that I have winning that game, the team that's going to care about that game. Uh, I know what Greg Schiano has done uh, for the team and making the Rutgers a Really competitive team. Like Greg Shiano is a really good coach. They're competitive teams, and they're they're probably a year or two away of actually being a consistently ranked team. So I like Rutgers. They're going to really care about that game. Like you said, USC again. There's reasons why USC's not favored. They're not playing their stars. They don't care about this game. They checked out once they got their second loss of the season. So Louisville to cover is the obvious to me. Caleb
0: Williams right now is minus five hundred to be the number one overall pick. Are we completely sold? I guess somebody's completely sold that he is the next guy because I assume Carolina's going to end up with that pick. That'll go to the Bears, and the Bears will take him off the board. But, I mean, definitely not a surefire thing. Not as surefire as it was coming into the season, that's for sure.
1: I think someone draft comes up and draft him. I don't think the Bears draft him. Justin Fields and everyone I've talked to, uh, Chicago reporters, have said, the team loves Justin Fields. The players love Justin Fields. And once you put some things around him, it did, I don't know if you watched the Bears over the last five, six weeks. And when when Justin Fields has been healthy, because he missed a few games, he's looked great. He's had a top-five quarterback ranking when healthy. Um, so uh, it's not quarterback ranking, a quarterback uh, QBR. So he's been really good for, this, for that squad. I think they trade out potentially and trade back, because obviously they're going to have two top-12 picks-ish get Marvin Harrison Jr. And someone comes in to draft Caleb Williams. I'm not sure Caleb Williams is that much better than uh, Justin Fields uh, as a prospect.
0: And that's the decision the Bears front office has to make is how much is an upgrade for going to Caleb Williams because we've still got Justin Fields on a rookie contract. And like you said, this draft is full of other dudes that they could put around him, including a generational type wide receiver in Marvin Harrison Jr. And as you mentioned also, you can in theory trade back With somebody that really wants that number one overall pick, get the number two, number three overall pick, get Marvin Harrison Jr. And do what you did a season ago, right? Which is still get the guy you wanted and still end up getting assets. Chicago's in a really interesting spot because they could also do the complete opposite. They could also say, you know what? We're going to see what we could get back for Justin Fields. He's not our guy long term. Maybe somebody bites on him and then we'll build around Caleb Williams on a rookie contract. So. Chicago is one of those teams this offseason to watch what they do because there's like a million different ways that they could start next season behind center. All right, Alabama getting a point and a half versus Michigan. So I need to tell you anything else except the Crimson Tide are getting a point and a half. We take them and move on, right?
1: I got Michigan. And I'm going to be stubborn because at the beginning of the season, I picked Michigan to win it all. So maybe this is a little bit of stubbornness for me. But I think Michigan is, is, can match Alabama's physicality. I think they're, they're a really good team. I think Jim Harbaugh has defied all the NCAA laws. All right? Like the NCAA wants him to lose badly. I think that's part of the reason they put Alabama against Michigan, if I'm, being, if I'm playing conspiracy theorists here. They do not want a man who's been suspended multiple times winning a national championship. So give him Alabama in the first round. Uh, so I, that's how I feel about that situation. But I'm going to stick with Michigan. I think Michigan is the number one team. I think they've been tremendous. They 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 smacked Ohio State. I think they can do the same against Alabama, a team that's been inconsistent and offense has been inconsistent this year from time to time.
0: I have a conspiracy theory too about this college football playoff involving these four mm-hmm. teams. So I think what it is is they want to see a rematch of Alabama versus Texas because. Let's not pretend like those aren't two of the biggest brands in all of college football. Just ask Florida State. I mean, that's literally why Florida State's not here. If this was Cincinnati, who got in the college football playoff a few years ago, we'd be like, sorry, Florida State's getting in because they're Florida State and you're Cincinnati. Florida State isn't in because they were going up against the brands that are Texas and Alabama, two of the biggest in the entire game. So I think that's why – they didn't have those two teams match up early on. I think that they're going to see what happens. I think that Texas wins. I think that Alabama wins. And ultimately, I think that's our national championship game. Texas is a four-point favorite against Washington. Some other bowl games, by the way. Missouri getting a point against Ohio State. That's that's an interesting one because nobody's talking about Missouri. Everybody knows how good Ohio State is. Both teams, mainly Ohio State, resting, or I should say a bunch of dudes, opting out. To go to the NFL. That's another one. Using our theory, Sean, like who wants it more? Ohio State not being able to play for a national championship or Missouri essentially win the game and you end up with a top five or six ranking. Missouri wins that game, right?
1: Yeah, I have Missouri. I I, I Ohio State low key was done dirty, if we've been honest. Like Ohio State lost on a road by one score to the number one team in the land in their ranked seventh, right? Right? like they didn't even sniff the playoffs again. Think about that. You lose to the, the team that's considered the best team in the country, who's ranked number one by at Michigan, by the way, at at on the road by one score, and Alabama gets in over you, and I get it, it's Alabama, but not only Alabama gets in over you, you're ranked seventh. Like that that they got done dirty a little bit. So I think Ohio State's fully checked out. They're like, we should have made the playoffs. I know a lot of players are thinking that. So I don't care about this little game against Missouri. You don't even give us the best non-playoff game, right? Like it's not even like the 5-6 team that that gets to prove that they should have been in the playoff. You give us Missouri. I'm checked out.
0: How is that any different, though, than what Alabama had to climb back from all season long? So they lost really early on to a Texas team that's been ranked in the top five all year. If you want to call that a good loss, air quotes, that is a good loss. Then they run through the yeah. SEC, and they are ranked six or seven heading into that SEC championship game against Georgia after going undefeated in the freaking SEC. So I like it. Like, here's my thing. People pretend like Alabama shouldn't be here. I don't mind if you have an argument for another team, but the argument that
1: Alabama shouldn't be here—that's goofy. They all have arguments because it's subjective. But in my opinion, I, always, I, I, I Ohio State probably has the best argument. Like, you lost—I lost to the number one team on the road by, I believe, four points. What? What? I, I understand. I should win all my games. But it's a hard sell. And again, I'm not even mad that Alabama gets in over them. I'm mad that they're ranked seventh. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 7th? Little... I lost to the it best does... team in the country on the
0: road, but, and I'm but using. But using your rationale, Ohio State can win a national championship based on their body of work if they had the opportunity. Oregon, same thing. Georgia, same thing. Florida State, same thing. And the reason I bring that up is thank goodness next year they're expanding the college football playoff because, my dude, I'm here to tell you that what happened this season, if that wasn't already in the works, they would have had to scramble and expanded it. Because what we're seeing right now, and it's crazy it's never happened before, is that four is dumb. It's always been dumb. It was never enough. It was keeping really good teams that earned their way to try to play for a national championship that don't even get their shot. It's weird, too, because the NCAA has showed us that they're willing to expand. They're willing to make their tournament huge. Look at college basketball. They let anybody in. 64, 65, 68. Let's have a couple of playing games. It's crazy. Everybody gets in. As long as you're okay, you get a chance to play for a national title. And then there's college football teams like Georgia that went undefeated all year long. And then all they did was lose on a neutral field against Alabama. And they don't even get a shot to play in a national championship game. Or a team like Oregon that played two very close games to a top five team in Washington. You're telling me that if they got a chance in a playoff format, they couldn't win a national championship? Or you said Ohio State. That's the thing is the way that it broke out this year, Sean, where there's not just five teams for four spots. It's not just Florida State that should be complaining it's Georgia it's Ohio state it's Oregon it's all these other teams that next year when they expand the college football playoff would have a shot to win it so all I'm saying on that long twisted diatribe is that college football has gotten lucky since they moved it to four teams that
1: this hasn't happened before because this would have completely screwed the pooch I think number I think having a two having just two teams was better than four teams Because at least with two teams, you could say the undefeated teams get it and you don't get many undefeated teams. Right. Like you'll get one, two, three undefeated teams. And that's the only people who would get arguments. Now you have seven or eight teams who get an argument based off of one loss. Right. So so you were able to to maneuver it and argue it better when it was two teams, because only like two, two or three teams a year would go undefeated. Now you have five teams six teams with one loss who all have an argument that makes it worse
0: you know what i would have done this is out this is really outside the box but this is what i would have done and this is probably why they don't put me in charge i would have said this is silly a couple of weeks ago i would have said this is silly florida state obviously deserves to get in texas obviously deserves to get in bama obviously deserves to get in georgia obviously deserves to get in And I would call an emergency meeting the same way that we've all had at our offices before, whatever your job is, and say things are changing around here. I know that this is what we told you it's going to be, but guess what? It's not anymore. That's what I would have done. I would have said, we're going with eight this year. And then maybe Missouri complains, and they're like, well, what about us? We're team number nine. Shut up. I already expanded it to eight for you because it really is a shame that a team like Georgia doesn't get a chance to win a third national championship and continue to be an all time great dynasty, basically because of scheduling. Because they lost one game, so did Texas, so did Alabama, but they lost at the end of the season. That's a really twisted, weird reason not to get a chance to play for a national championship. So that's what all done. Called an emergency yeah. meeting and said we're expanding to eight. And if you don't like it, shut up.
1: Yeah, and in Florida State, I mean, again, the biggest travesty, obviously. But the, for sure, there have been multiple teams who have won championships with backup quarterbacks. So it's it's it already the first playoff system ever was a backup quarterback at Ohio State winning a championship. Right. Like uh, our uh, Cardell, uh, Cardell Jones. Is that his name? Cardell? I think I'm getting it
0: right. You're talking about Cadillac?
1: No, Cardell Jones, the quarterback for Ohio State. Yeah, He's yeah, a yeah. third stringer. He 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 was the one who won it for Ohio State in the first playoff. Yeah, Cardale Jones, but he was a third string quarterback for them, and he won it in the first ever playoffs. So there's a history of backup quarterbacks winning the national championship, and they still left Florida State out. So that's tragic. Which is a reason why I'm picking Florida State to win because Florida State's going to be a team that has something to prove in their bowl game against Georgia. I think Dude, Florida State's like not nah.
0: smoked like a blunt. No, at a they're going to cover.
1: They're going to cover.
0: About? They're going to get this. Because Georgia,
1: think about this. We talk about teams who care. Georgia does not care about this. They do not care one iota. We want two national championships. We are checked out of winning a game that's not national championship. Those players are like whatever. Florida State players are going to care way more than the Georgia Bulldogs.
0: Georgia's backups, no pun intended, are dogs. Their third stringers are NFL players. Now they get a chance to play. They're going to want to go out there and show out in their bowl game against Florida State. There's a reason, Sean, that line is as big as it is. Georgia is a 16. He said 16 and a half point favorite against those Seminoles, who, by the way, they got a bunch of dudes that are opting out also because they're bitter that they're not getting a chance to play for a national championship. So basically, Georgia's backups versus Florida State's backups. I bet Georgia's backups are better. Another big line. Oregon laying 17 and a half versus Liberty. If I'm Oregon, I'm like, come on. We were this close to playing for a, nat- we were one win away from playing for a national championship and no disrespect to Liberty and coach Jamie Chadwell. He's great. But if you're Oregon, you wanted a shot at one of the pig dogs, not Liberty. One final segment coming up. Sean Bell sports machine, Sean Levine, VetQL network. Of BetQL Daily here on the BetQL Network with my guy Sean Bell. I am the sports machine Sean Levine, and we've got lots of action, whether it's NBA or NFL. Don't forget it's Tuesday, so we're already just a couple of days away from more NFL action. If the NBA is more your cup of tea, Nets versus Pistons, dude. Sean, do the Pistons ever win again? The Pistons are six and a half point underdogs at home against the Nets money line. The money line's not big enough. The Nets are only it's minus not. 250 on the money line. Why aren't they minus
1: 25 million? There's no way the Pistons win this game, right? I know. I'm surprised that it's that close. I guess it's one of those things where it's Christmas, so people coming away from their family. Some people, you know what I mean, feeling fat. So some, some people not really focused because some individuals are all, individuals are all over the country. Now they got to come together to play a game. So it's going to be, I think, a tricky day in the NBA it depends on who cares and who's who's not tired. But still, I, I can't, I can never bet on the Pistons. I mean,
0: that looks too good to be true. The Nets minus two fifty. If they win, they're an average basketball team. They get back to five hundred. If the Pistons lose, they extend the longest losing streak in NBA history. It'll be twenty seven, and they move to two and twenty eight. I feel like this has just handed me money tonight. I'm on it. Magic laying seven and a half against the Wizards. That game's in Washington. Hawks getting a point and a half on the road in Chi-Town. Pacers getting three and a half on the road against the Rockets. Both those teams are tricky to bet on, at least for me this year. Grizzlies, John Morant is back, getting four and a half on the road against the Pelicans. With the return of John Morant, does that team end up in the playoffs?
1: I do think they end up in the playoffs, but I think they lose this game. Uh, I know they've been great with John Morant, but John Morant's first game back was against the Pelicans, and he hit a game-winning shot. Uh, game-winning shot at the end of that game. I think the Pelicans stand up this time. I'm gonna put some money on the Pelicans winning this game. I'm gonna put some money on Brendan Ingram, who consistently cooks the Memphis Grizzlies to go over 23 and a half.
0: Pelicans got up huge in that game you're referring to. They got up by Mm 20-something. And then back comes John Morant and game-winning shot, drive to the hoop. It was awesome. And I may have had money on the Grizzlies' money line. I'm doing the same thing tonight at plus 155. Minnesota Timberwolves versus the Oklahoma City Thunder, plus one and a half for Minnesota on the road. Who's the better basketball team right now? Minnesota's 22-6, and the Thunder 18-9. and Both those teams are a problem.
1: Minnesota has been unbelievable this year. It, it, it's finally all coming together with Cat, Anthony, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, and Anthony Edwards balling at the same time. Anthony Edwards is a young superstar coming up in this league. I know a lot of people paying attention to John Moran and Victor Wembanyama, but Anthony Edwards has all the charisma, the game, and, and, and the winning attitude to match. So I like Minnesota in this game. And by the way, I also love Chet Holmgren. He's a... Baller, baller. If it wasn't for Victor, he'd be a clear cut, and I still think he has a chance to win Rookie of the Year. That whole
0: roster is nice. Although Wembenyama is going to get Rookie of the Year. Jazz versus Spurs. Who's watching that game? Spurs at home, getting three and a half. Speaking of Victor tonight, King is laying eight and a half on the road at the Blazers. And the nightcap in the NBA, the Hornets. They're bad, seven and twenty on the road against the Clippers, seventeen and twelve. The Clippers have a good record. They've been relatively healthy. Are they one of the teams we should throw in the mix that can actually win the whole thing?
1: I I think so. Again, to me, it's all about Kawhi's health. Russell Westbrook did them a solid by saying, listen, I'll go to the bench and play minimal minutes. James Harden has played really well, but he doesn't play well in big moments in the playoffs. But if Kawhi and PG stay healthy, which is the biggest if of basketball in the last five years because they're always hurt, But if they can stay healthy together, they can do some things.
0: Let's get off the NBA court and back on the NFL field before we get out of here, where there's a full slate of games and the lines are out. Coming up in just a couple of days, the Jets on the road against the Browns. The Browns lay in seven. The Browns, Sean, are a team that finally people are starting to talk about. And I'm raising my hand high here because it took me a while to get on board. Ten and five likely win their last two games they're going to be favored then they go 12 and 5 if everything breaks right they could actually end up the number 1 seed they could still win that division and Baltimore would be a wild card don't think any of that stuff's going to happen but the Cleveland Browns are legit aren't they
1: Yeah they're going to be 12 and 5 again i i don't think they're going to be a legit Super Bowl champion or Super Bowl winner because i don't believe Joe Flacco is going to continue this pace but they got a two easy games coming up so the Browns are going to beat the Jets, and I think they're going to beat them by more than seven. They're going to beat them soundly, so I definitely go with the Cleveland Browns in this game, and maybe a defensive touchdown you may want to think about in this game.
0: I've talked to a couple of media guys from Baltimore. We had Jason Lock and 4 on the show earlier, and my guy P.J. Glasser, and both of them as Baltimore guys, I don't want to put words in their mouth. They sound a little scared of Joe Flacco. They sound a little scared of Cleveland coming in with their old guy and beating them. So I'm with you. There's no way he can keep it up, right? There's a reason why he's 38 years old and on his mama's couch just a couple of weeks ago. Maybe it's a hot start. It'd be the greatest story of all time if somehow Joe Flacco can lead the Cleveland Browns to the Super Bowl. But I don't believe in him any more than bet MGM does. Right now, their odds are 50-1 to to win the whole thing. Here's a big game coming up on Sunday. The Lions versus the Cowboys. Oh my, both those teams... I would say the Cowboys need a win just because the way the last couple of weeks have gone. The Lions, though, need a win because, in theory, they could still be the number one seed in the NFC. Lions getting six on the road in Dallas.
1: Yeah, I'm going Dallas in this game to bounce back. Again, I told you the Lions haven't beaten a lot of good teams since that week one win against Kansas City Chiefs. So they haven't played a lot of great teams. I think the Dallas Cowboys at home, that when they're on the road, they stink. Right. Like they all their losses and have, or, or most of their losses have come on the road. They don't play the same brand of football, but when they're at home, they play well. So I got the Cowboys at home the Detroit Lions. Cowboys have been the best team the last two years at home. The problem is when they
0: get outside of Dallas or Arlington, wherever that is patriots can they keep spoiling teams wins they've done that a couple of times in the last three weeks they play your i'm saying your sean you love this team the (laughs) buffalo bills in buffalo laying 12 and a half that feels like the bills blow them out because they need to bills keep winning 42 to 6
1: i i don't know about you man i got a blowout how can it not be what do you i mean for what zappy really I think it's a blowout That's victory. What
0: That's what I'm saying. All right, we're on the same page there. How about my Rams? Have I talked you into their real deal? Minus six and a half on the road against the Giants. The Giants hung in there last night against Philly, made that game close. Giants are six and a half point underdogs. I think the Rams run, run
1: away with this one too. I think it's a closer game if Tyrod Taylor starting. I don't know who's going to start. Again, Tyrod Taylor is a clear cut Better quarterback than Tommy DeVito, but again, Tyrod's retiring. DeVito's a young quarterback. They're trying to see how good he is, so that's why he's been starting over Tyrod Taylor. Um, But if Tyrod Taylor plays, I think it's a closer game. I still think the Rams win, but I think the Giants could cover if Tyrod Taylor is a starting quarterback.
0: I ain't going to lie. Tyrod Taylor, to me, is the Taj Gibson of the NFL. Like, I can't believe... He's still in the league, and I don't think that I can name all the teams that he plays for. And it's like every year he pops up in the middle of a game, and I go, Oh, what? That guy's still that literally happened yesterday with both guys. Taj Gibson, he shows up on my TV screen. I'm like, Really? Is it his son? Or is it the Taj Gibson? And there he is, still in the league. And same thing with all boys. So good for them. Keeping their job for a long time. Uh the Cardinals are a bad football team. The Eagles are, don't know what I want to call them right now. We think the Eagles can win this game, right? Do they win by 10 and a half at the crib?
1: I think the Cardinals cover. They The, the Eagles let the Giants cover. That spread, I believe, was 13 and a half at one point, or 14. And the Giants covered that game. So I think the Cardinals will cover this game because I think Kyler Murray's a better they have a better offense than they do the uh, eagles can't stop anybody defensively so the eagles can easily give up give up 25 plus so i think i think obviously the eagles win but the cardinals cover live betting at 1 point at bet mgm last night in that giants
0: eagles game the eagles were 23 and a half point favorites and at the end of the game the giants were driving to tie the game with a backup quarterback yeah. a backup backup quarterback yeah. so yeah, I'm with you. The Eagles certainly still have questions. 49ers had a bunch of questions last night. They're laying 13 and a half. You want a good good way to get right? You play the Washington Commanders. That feels like the line should be 31 and a half because the 49ers need to prove to themselves, especially Brock Purdy, that he's that dude and they're that team.
1: Yeah, I and I, don't, we're in, I know Trent Williams is questionable, but even if he doesn't play, it doesn't matter. They're going to blow the doors off of Washington. So go over that thirteen and a half, and make sure you put pick Christian McCaffrey go to a hundred plus in a tutty.
0: He does that in his sleep. Bengals eight and seven at Chiefs nine and six. Bengals getting seven and a half. What? Why are the Bengals getting seven and a half? These two teams are basically the same thing. And Arrowhead's not a home field advantage. They're four and three. I hate the Chiefs. Uh, I, know, I know I'm because Brown. I'm wearing a Chiefs hat, but I hate them.
1: But Brown and uh, their quarterback Brown has come down hard. He played great in his first couple starts and has played terrible in his last two starts. So he's been bad, and that's why the Kansas City Chiefs should bounce back and win this game because their quarterback has come back down to earth. Well, so I'm taking that and the seven. Uh, so is Patrick. Yeah, sorry,
0: all right. Before we get out of here the game of next weekend the dolphins 11-4 against 12-3 and the best record in the league the baltimore ravens ravens at home laying four this is where you find out if the dolphins are for real can the dolphins cover four can they win the game outright at plus 150
1: no i mean the dolphins get punched in the face consistently when they have to play tougher teams now there is this little thing where if you are the darling of the league or you are the MVP, a favorite, you lose. Like that's, we talked about this earlier. Like, all right, the Eagles are the best team. The 49ers are the best team. This team is the best team. And then they lose the next week. Same thing with the quarterback favorite. So I know that has nothing to do with actual facts, but it's an interesting thing that's going on every week this season. And I'm interested to see if Baltimore gets bit by that same bug.
0: Here's the facts. That's it for the show. It is BetQL Daily. For my co-host, Sean Bell. For my producer, uh, me, Mario, and Jason Lockenfora, who joined us earlier on the Sports Machine, Sean Levine. Talk to you tomorrow right here on the BetQL Network. Happy holidays.